Just like we all predicted, the Blue Jackets snap the five-game winning streak of the St. Louis Blues and get their first shutout in literally two years. How did they do this? That's what we're talking about on today's Locked on Blue Jackets. Your Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here to give you the good, the bad, and the ugly about your favorite team and ours, Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every single day. Locked On Blue Jackets continues to be free and available on all podcast platforms and over on YouTube. Uh, we're also over on Sirius XM, and I also want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers are going to get $200 in bonus bets if your best bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Um, I hadn't put money on the Blue Jackets winning last night's game, let alone shutting out the St. Louis Blues, who uh, hadn't been shut out at home since, I believe the stat on on the t- on TV was uh, since February 2021, I believe. So it's been a minute since... Blues were shut out at home. It's been almost as long since the Blue Jackets had a shutout. Um, their first shutout since January 13th, 2022. Uh, Elvis also had that shutout. It was against the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, and a bunch of other like shocking stats. But the one that really stands out to me is it's been like 10 years since the Blue Jackets had a one-nothing shutout on the road. That's so long. Um, but they did it last night. Uh, like I said, I'm sure everyone was expecting that, uh, you know, being down Fantilli, being down Boquist, uh, top pairing Andrew Peak. Like there was, there was a lot going on. Elvis didn't have a great game against uh, the Canucks. Goaltending, still, still stressed about it. But he showed up. Everyone else showed up. Um, Dmitry Voronkov continues to show up. Uh, we're going to talk about him later on in in the show because. Uh, I have some opinions about Dimitri Vronkov. Blue Jackets uh, win basically every every matchup uh, that that there is. Uh, they did not win the faceoff matchup, but the more I watch hockey, the more like the more convinced I am is that faceoffs are like it's they're great to win, but winning them does not necessarily predicate um, good hockey. You know, if you it's what you do when you win it. It's what you it's the timing of it. It's you know, do you win it and then immediately send it out of the zone yourself by passing it between the two defensemen? You know, so like I'm not worried about faceoffs, but like I said, it was a it was a really great team effort. Which sounds silly when you when you say a team effort based on a one nothing win where like one player scored. Um, Wernski and Gaudreau with the assists. Stack Wernski now has 27 assists and one goal on the season, which is very funny. He's doing the the reverse Marchenko, um, which uh, which I do think is, again, very funny. Um, Blue Jackets had 22 shots on goal. The Blues had 21. So 43 shots in total is not a super high event game. Uh, and then when you break down the, the period shots, uh, first period, 
Blue Jackets had seven shots on goal. St. Louis had four. Second period, they both had five. Third period, it loosened up a little bit. Blue Jackets had 10. St. Louis had 12. But those first two periods, again, I think the Blue Jackets did a really, really good job defensively. Um, I would have liked them to do a little bit better of a job offensively. But I guess when when your goalie has a shutout, you can't really get mad about lack of offense uh, because he did everything he needed to do. Um, Dmitry Vronkov with a big goal. He, I believe, has more goals than um, than Adam Fantilli now, who, again, we're going to talk about in a minute. No, he has the same amount of goals as Adam Fantilli, but he's doing it in five fewer games. So he has 25 points on the season right now, which, again, if anyone had Dmitry Vronkov as a potential 25-goal scorer and 50-point getter in his rookie season, like, I want to know who your source is. Because I was super not expecting that from uh, from Vronkov. Especially, you know, he didn't super impress when he was at Cleveland at the beginning of the season. Uh, didn't have, like... He looked okay in, in limited NHL action, but something's clicked with him, man. And in the same way that, like, something clicked for Marchenko, I don't know what it is, but he is thriving right now. Um, I think some of the, another great point that, um, I believe it was Brian Hedger made it, uh, but Zach Wrenski and Johnny Gaudreau were both excellent last night. And again, it's, it's tough to look at, like, and say, okay, well, they both had an assist each. How is how is that excellent? But I thought they were dominant. I thought they looked good. I thought they looked like the um they looked like the nine plus million dollar players that we're paying them to be. So I I'll take it. Obviously, a one-nothing shutout, you want a little bit more than that, but I'm not like I'm not gonna freak out about it. You know, um, I'm going to enjoy it. And I think that's that's what I'm going to do for like this this season, I think, or like the rest of this season is. If we win, amazing. I'm just going to enjoy it. If we lose, we're one step closer to getting a better draft pick. Um, so it's win win or it's lose lose, depending on on how you feel about either of those things. But. um when you look at this game versus the game against um, Seattle and that third period against Vancouver, it looked like a completely different team. The Blue Jackets went, uh, they were perfect on the penalty kill, didn't score on the power play, but hey, baby steps, you know, after allowing power play goals in five straight penalty kills, I will take a nothing-nothing a, a nothing draw in power play efficiency. Um, especially if you're gonna kill if you're gonna kill off three three straight after allowing five straight, like I'm I'm fine with that. Uh and they uh they they did it they did a good job. Like that's that's kind of my, my takeaway from this is if they play like this every single game, is it sustainable? Maybe not, but you know, you're not going to win every single game one nothing. But I think Elvis was was solid. I don't think he was phenomenal, but I thought he was solid. He did everything he needed to do. He had a couple of incredible saves, but it was I think tw- twenty one saves was was how many he had, which is the same amount as Jordan Binnington. The Blue Jackets just got that one extra one to go in. Um, a twenty one save shutout is still very good, but it's not like 
carry the team on your back level. Um, like, for example, I saw that uh, Sergei Ivanov, who's that kind of the blue chip goalie prospect that a lot of people are very excited about right now for Columbus, uh, made 52 saves in a game against uh, in a game in um, the KHL and lost two to one. So he made 52 or 54 saves and still lost. So like it's it's kind of the opposite of that of the Blue Jackets. They did enough to win. Elvis was good enough. I don't know that he was fantastic, but hey, first shout out in two years for both him and the team, or over two years because it was January 13th. Like I'm not gonna. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, he needs to be better. He needs to be better at this, that, and the other. Um, he stopped all of the shots. He stopped all of the shots that the Blue Jackets uh, didn't block or or send away. Um, and that was the other thing. I feel like this was a shockingly high event game for a um, 22 to 21 shot game. So, uh, yeah, there was the Blues had 55 shot attempts and only 21 of them actually hit the goalie. The Blue Jackets had 54 shot attempts, uh, 22 of them made it to the net, 21 hit the goalie, one went in. So, like, a 50% efficiency there in terms of how many of your scoring chances, or how many of your um, shot attempts actually hit the net, I feel like is not super efficient. But again, I'm not going to nitpick, I'm not going to complain. Um, what I'm going to do is, is enjoy this win, uh, enjoy the time off, and uh, I'm going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit about Adam Fantilli and uh, how worried should we be about his injury. That's coming up next here on Locked on Blue Jackets. First, I want to tell you guys about FanDuel because uh, it's the Super Bowl, almost. Super Bowl in a couple of weeks. Uh, happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from America's number one sports book. That is FanDuel. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. Uh, honestly, the snacks are the best bit for me, but I also love to have just a, a cheeky little a cheeky little parlay on the Super Bowl. I know not just enough about football to make me dangerous, so why not? FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Uh, you don't. Not only can you bet on who's going to win Super Bowl 58, but they've got bets for who's going to score touchdowns, how many points are going to be scored, and so much more. Join today. You're going to get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And also us, the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, Adam Fantelli is injured, missed the game last night, and the team is being suspiciously quiet about this, and that unsettles me. Um, maybe maybe I'm overreacting here, but he was cut in the, uh, in the back of the leg against Seattle in, I think, the second period, missed the rest of the game, was questionable for last night's game against the Blues, didn't play, and then it's come out that um, he had... Both his regular sock and then he has like uh, a lot of hockey players wear Kevlar socks to prevent like skate cuts and Achilles cuts and, and things like that. Um, and he was wearing those and the skate went both through both the game sock and the Kevlar sock. Um, left the arena against Seattle in a boot and crutches. Um, my guess is 
that's to keep the pressure off it to stop him from immediately popping his stitches because like that's just kind of how the muscles in the back of your leg work is as soon as you like move your foot those muscles flex and they'll just like do this as you're walking which is is not it's not a super great demonstration for an audio podcast but if you're watching on youtube you'll you will have watched me um imitate the skin kind of just flopping open and closed which is again not great so like i'm not super worried right now um i think if it was like an achilles cut then we would know about it i think we would have seen way more um way more from fantilli kind of on the ice i think we would have seen way more blood quite frankly so my my assumption is that he's just kind of they were like okay you can't skate without reopening it so what we're going to do is we'll stitch it up we'll put it in a boot uh you sit down for this game and now we've got 10 days off for it to heal uh that's my guess um that being said if he misses any more time like that's a big loss for this blue jackets team you know they had this like one it wasn't one bright spot, but like the brightest spot of the season for me anyway, has been watching Adam Fantilli and watching him grow and develop. He's like, he is fourth in the league in rookie scoring. He's, I believe, third on the team in scoring behind only Gaudreau and Wierenski. Um, Yes, he's been playing on the wing and not being very effective there for the past couple of games. But like, this is, this is going to be a loss if the Blue Jackets are missing him for more than like a week or two. It's going to be even more miserable on this team than it is right now, which again worries me. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about the injury. We haven't heard anything. I don't think we'll hear anything probably until maybe tomorrow. We might not hear until after the All Star game. Um, it depends on what the um. It depends on what the plan is. Like, is he going to go, like, are they going to go and get him to a doctor immediately and then make a press release? I guess that will depend on, like, the severity of it. Like, if he's going to miss time, they're probably going to want to put him on IR. Um, with Patrick Laine being put to, uh, being um, entered into the player assistance program, he has been moved from IR to non-roster designation, I believe is what it's called. So he doesn't currently count against the cap, I believe. Um, I might be wrong about that, but what that does do is that opens up a roster spot. Um, so the Blue Jackets can call someone up if they need to. The problem is that you're not going to call up anyone that's going to have the same kind of impact as Fantilli. And that's kind of what we talked about a little bit in, in um, not yesterday's episode, but Monday's episode, I guess, is no one from Cleveland is going to make as much of an impact in the game as Fantilli. So like, if he misses any more time, you're just going to have to kind of work around that. You're going to have to deal with it because, again, injuries happen, and this season has been so much better than last season, like, knock on wood, in terms of injuries. Um, even with, like, Patrick Laine being injured and Zach Wierenski missing, missing time for two separate things and Jack Rostovic's broken ankle and Anna Boquist is, is missing a couple of teeth, Bujena's broken jaw, like, all of these injuries, and it's still not as bad as it was last season. Um, because last season, I believe by the 20 game mark of the season, the Blue Jackets have lost three players due to, se to season ending injuries. So like, it's going to be better than that. So I'm not, I'm frustrated, but I'm not like overly worried. I do think that this team is about to become a lot less fun without Fantilli. Um, 
And if he misses the the game in San Jose where I'm going to be, I'm going to be real mad about it. But that's a personal thing and not like a team thing. Um, but the team's going to miss him as well because, like I said, he's third on the team in scoring. He's being woefully missed. And, and, and he's third on the team in scoring after being like woefully misused for a good chunk of the season. Like he played on Line's wing. He played on like he played in the bottom six. He's had like a bunch of, of spare parts for line mates. Like, no disrespect to to Boon Jenner specifically, but why are you putting Fantilli with Boon Jenner and Jack Rostovic instead of like literally anyone else? Um and then you swap Rostovic out for Bemstrom, and I'm like, this is not better. Like he's been he has been misused and he has been underutilized, and he's still third on the team in scoring. So like, imagine what he could do if you gave him like real line mates and let him go and played him at his natural position. So it's a big loss for the team. Um, but like I said, that is a bright, a bright spot of this season. It's not the bright spot of the season. Um, and so in we're going to take a quick break, and then when we get back, uh, I'm going to give you my pitch for Dmitry Voronkov being in the Calder Trophy, or the Calder Cup, no, Calder Trophy conversation. That's coming up next here on Locked Up Blue Jackets. First, I've got to tell you guys about Factor. Uh, I got started on my resolutions this January, and so you should as well. Factor is a ready-to-eat meal delivery service. It takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Something I really want to do is eat a lot more healthy, because at the minute, I kind of eat like a gremlin, uh, and that's not great if you're in your 30s. So do what I do. Skip the grocery stores, prep work, and cooking fatigue, and get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. They've got 35 meals to choose from per week, including uh, keto options, calorie smart options, vegan, veggie, and more. You don't have to do frantic prepping at lunch. You don't have to get in from work and rush your dinner. Uh, Factor takes Factor's meals take two minutes to cook. They are your secret weapon for being a little bit healthier and uh, easier, which I love when things are both healthy and easy. Factor is both of these things, and they're also uh, cost-effective as well which I love because I spend too much money on food, so I love to spend less but eat better. Uh, head to factormeals.com slash LockedOnNHL50. Use code LockedOnNHL50 to get 50% off. Once again, that is code LockedOnNHL50, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-H-L-5-0 at factormeals.com slash LockedOnNHL50 to get 50% off. Welcome back to Locked on Blue Jackets. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. Uh, listen, I have a pitch here, and I, I, this might be a hot take. It, probably, it almost definitely is a hot take, but I'm going to make it anyway, because what is this show for if not that? When do we start talking about Dmitry Vronkov in the Calder conversation? Uh, I, I looked it up earlier today because I was interested to see where he was sitting in terms of like rookie scoring in general. So he's sixth and he's tied for sixth in rookie scoring right now. Um, everyone ahead of him, except for Conor Bedard has played more. So in terms of points per game of the players that have played over, over 35 games out of the 50 ish, He's fourth in points per game. The only players that are better than him, Connor Bedard, 
obviously, Brock Faber, Conazari, and Marco Rossi. Those are the only four players that have, uh, only four rookies, excuse me, that have a better points per game percentage than um, Gigi Vronkov. Adam Fantilli is uh, sitting at just below that at 0.55. Vronkov has 0.57. Vronkov is tied for third in rookie scoring in the in the league with 12 goals uh again the only players with more than him are marco rossi and Connor bedard uh, adam fantilli also has 12 goals on the season and then you go to like team scoring and he's i believe i said he was fifth on the team in scoring fifth or sixth on the team in scoring which like i get that the team is bad and that's not necessarily like a, a thrilling endorsement of this team but when you look at like Who's scoring the points at the minute this season? Like, yeah, Dimitri Franco is fourth on the team in scoring right now. And again, he's doing it. He plays, he's played uh, way fewer games than almost everyone else. Um, uh, Igor Chinikov has played 39 games and has 24 points. He's another guy that's having like a really great season. I know I've talked about him before, but I'm still kind of excited about it. Uh, Igor Chinikov, 39 uh, 39 games, 24 points. Uh, Zach Wierenski, 28 points in 38 games. And then uh, after that, Dmitry Vronkov has 25 points in 44 games. So again, when you look at like points per game, the only players ahead of him are Wierenski, Gaudreau, and Chinikov. At what point do you start having the conversation that maybe Dmitry Vronkov should be a Calder nominee? And he's doing all of this as well, I want to say, with... An average ice time of, uh, he is 23rd on the team in average ice time. He's playing 13.21 a night. So, like, when you compare that to the other rookies, let me see if I can pull that up. Uh, Yeah, in terms of rookie ice time, he's not even in the top 50 for ice time, for, for time on ice per game on average. Um, you know, like Conor Bedard is up there. He is the leading forward. He's playing in 19 minutes, four seconds of ice time a game, and he's 0.85 points per game. Um, if I go to points per game and look for, uh, so Marco Rossi is probably the closest comparable here. He's got 28 points in 49 games, 0.57 points per game, and he's playing, where is it? I've lost it. Um, he's playing over three minutes a game more than than Vronkov. It's kind of the same argument I had with Ken Johnson last year. Ken Johnson, I feel like, should have got more attention for getting... I think he had 41 points last season, and he was doing that, again, with, like, way fewer ice time, way less ice time than basically any other player because the coaches wouldn't play him. And Vronkov is kind of doing the same thing. So, like, this is this is my official pitch. Do I think he should win the Calder? No, probably not. I think that's it's going to go to Bedard. Unless Vronkov, like, turns it on and scores, like, another 20 goals in the next, like, 40-something games that are left, or less than 40, less than 40 games now, I think. Um, 32 games, I think, they have left. If he scores 20 goals in those 32 games, then sure, give him the Calder. But I think we need to start convers- we need to start the conversation of he's having a really, really great rookie season on a very bad Blue Jackets team. Um, this is my pitch. Hopefully you support it. Um, that's kind of all I've got for today. Tomorrow is February 1st, and so we are starting our prospect coverage. So uh, tomorrow we're going to talk all about 
the big guy himself. Uh, we've got Macklin Celebrini conversation. Would he fit into the Blue Jackets? What kind of player is he? Um, how likely are the Blue Jackets to get him? All that fun stuff. That's coming from tomorrow's episode. Thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you for making it your first listen of the day every single day. Locked on Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms. We're over on YouTube and on SiriusXM. Uh, thank you for, thank you once again for listening. Um, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find the show at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email us at lockedonbluejackets at gmail.com. And until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.